0: Okay, we are beginning today Sefer Zechariah, the next to last Navi in Treasar, and the next to last Navi in our history, in our Jewish history. After Malachi, we move into the generation of um Knesset's Hagdola, of which, interestingly, Zechariah was a member as well that would rule the nation of Israel through the laws of Torah and Bezdin and justice. So now what we know about Zechariah is he is contemporaneous with Chagai who came before him and Malachi that comes after him, similar in their prophecies that they focus on the importance of building by his sheni. But unlike them, Zechariah extends his nevios to matters of tshuva, tochacha, and really the messianic era. He expands the subject matter, as it were. Unlike them as well, his visions are extremely cryptic, extremely esoteric, and cloudy, and often defiant of interpretation, so much so uh, that in several Prakim, Zachariah requires a malach standing at his side to interpret what he was seeing. And so the question is, as Rashi explains, uh, and let me quote it to you, Nevuos secharas stumahi maod—they are hidden. His visions, kiyeshba maros domos lechalum—they are visions similar to a dream. Hanitzan lepisron that scream out for interpretation. Ve'ain onu yecholim la'amod alchatimas pisrona—we cannot understand or agree on what is. The, the pisron, the interpretation, ad yavo v'yora more until it happens, literally until someone comes who can teach us, possibly in the messianic age, what he means by these visions. Ulafi and Rashi says apologetically, according to my ability, um, attain lev uh I will concentrate on the interpretation of one specific uh commentator, that's uh Yonasan. And so we see Rashi just throws up his hands, as do other commentators. So the question is, what is happening here? Some Meforshim say, including the Radak, that perhaps the koach of nevuah is fading. Perhaps the clarity of vision that the Kodish Baruch Hu gave to his Nevi'im is now slowly, imperceptibly being withdrawn, getting us ready for the end. Uh, Rambam refers to Zechariah as a lesser prophet, uh, and this could be the reason that it is a slow, imperceptible withdrawal of Ruach hanavua, and you see it in Zechariah's lack of clarity, um, obscurity, cryptic vision. The Abarbanel says an emphatic no to the Radak. Logically, he's in the same era in between Haggai, which we have learned, and Malachi, which Amir said we will learn, and yet they... The bookends, Chagai and Malachi, are perfectly clear, are perfectly rational, as it were, in the interpretation. So saying the vow was withdrawn and specifically applying it to Zechariah doesn't make sense. So with that, let us begin and take out what we can through the various Meforshim. Pasikala. In the eighth month, in the second year of um we should stress that this is before the actual work on the Temple begins. Um, Come the word comes to Zechariah ben Brechiah ben Ido, and the Mefarshim say when the Navi or the Tanakh takes the trouble to mention the Navi's father or grandfather by name, it is a sign of his Yichus that they too were Naviim. So Brechiah, and we know Ido was a Navi because we have come uh, to encounter his name before. Says the Navi. Katzav Hashem alav you're going to get a history lesson now. That the Kaddish Baruch had a terrible wrath against your ancestors. Rashi explains Allah osehem shebdor churban habayis. In that first churban Habayas, that generation that lived there, the Kaddish Baruch had terrible anger against them v'amarta aleihem and you said to them ko amar Hashem Tzva'ot the Kodesh Baruch Hu begged them return to me nu'um Hashem Tzva'ot v'ashuv aleichem o'mar Hashem Tzva'ot return to me and we've seen this Navi um, rhetorical device in Yeshayahu and Yirmiyahu. return to me and I will return to you what is novel here is the use of the word svakot, legions, as it were. Zechariah is probably the first Navi or the only Navi to use that expression. We'll see he will use it again and again, Hashem tzvakot. And what it is meant to imply is that the totality of Israel is to be included. When I say tzvakot, I mean the entire nation, the ten tribes. And that, of course, is casting a Prayerful look, a prophecy to the Akris HaYomin when all the tribes, the tent will be reunited again. Alti Yuke Avosehem. Do not be like your fathers," continued the Navi. "I shall koru alehim him that the first prophets we saw them all. Yirmi Yahu Yishayahu Yecheskel called to them. Leimor koamar Hashem swot shuvu nami darchechem Return from your evil ways, malalechem, and your sins, Horaim, The lo shamu they did not listen. The lo hichshivu elaynu Hashem." They did not listen to me. So they were the targets of my great wrath. So today, where are your ancestors? In other words, they were punished. They received just what I prophesied they would receive. Um, so where are they? The Hanaviyim Hala Olam Yichyu interesting metaphorical device. And the nevi'im will they survive forever? And the way Rashi explains it is if you're going to say, yeah, our fathers are not alive, but either of the nevi'im who prophesied them, you've proven nothing. So I would answer you that they led different kinds of lives and different kinds of deaths. The Nevi'im who came to them died. Yes, eventually all die, but they died a life of Sidkus and a blessed life of Olam Haba. Your fathers did not. Moreover, it could be, says the Radak, a remez of um, that. Where are you think the Nevi'im last forever? Um, that. Do you think Nevius is going to last eternally? That this could be a signal that, yes, there is going to be a withdrawal from your midst. Um, But my laws and my commandments, which I commanded in Neviim, and the prophecies that, that engendered against your ancestors, did it not overtake them? And they admitted, we got what was coming to us. They were the first to recognize that yes, they got, as it were, what they deserved. And now, we get to the first prophecy of Zechariah. In the um, 24th day of the 10th month, Hu Chodesh Shvat. We have to stop here, because Shvat, the name Shvat, represents one of the first times, if not the first times, in Tanakh, that we use the name given, or we took rather, from the Babylonians. The Babylonian months were in Aramaic. We have no such counterpart. In the Torah, it's Chodesh uh, Rishon, Chodesh Sheni. We use the names in Aramaic that we acquired in our captivity in Bavel, and we took with them, and we took them with us to Eretz Yisrael when we rebuilt the temple. Rambam asked why didn't we change these names? Why do we keep these names? Nisan, Iyar, Tammuz, Elul, they're Babylonian. Rambam says we did it as a Zecher, a Zikaron, that these were the names we used in our captivity. Now when we say them, we are reminded of how free we are in our own land. So whenever you see a name, know that it is the Aramaic counterpart that we are using. So this nevuah is in Chodesh Shvat, and it repeats Zechariah's, Yecheh Zechariah ben Berhiyahu ben Izo Hanavi le'Mor, saying, Ra'isi halayla, I saw this night, v'hinei ish rochev al-sus, and a man is riding al-sus adom, A red horse. The Huo made Bain HaHadasim, Arsheb And he is standing in a pool of willow trees that are in a body of water. The Acharov Susim, and behind him are three horses, bridleless Adumim, red, Shrukim. We're not even sure what color Shrukim Some say it is a mixture of red and white and white so there are three horses behind us the medrash of course tells us ish al sus usually refers to a malach and the malach it usually refers to is gavriel the myrtles what those hadassim represent there is substantial machoches. some say it represents Bavel which was fertile with Hadassim, with great bodies of water. Others say that it is the Tzaddikim. Tzaddikim are referred to Hadassim, and it refers to the Tzaddikim of Yisroel. In either way, there is, of course, a difference of what the horses represent. Some say the red horse is uh, a personification of Bovel. Bovel's color was flaming red. At the same time the Abarbanel says it can't be because at this time Bavel was really destroyed. Why enshrine Bavel as what you're going to see the Navua says? The next horse could be Persia. The other horse could be Yavon. Some say take out Bavel, use Persia, Yavon, uh, Media and then Rome. Rome being the last horse. Some interestingly, Abarbanel says the whole vision refers to Alexander, the conquests of Alexander, who is of course going to conquer the Greek Empire. And according to the Abarbanel, those three horses in the entourage signify the three parts of the Empire of Alexandra that will come after his death and rules to, to this day in places, so that there's a variance. Is it Bavel? Does they represent um, the different empires that will come after Bavel, Persia, Greek, Rome? Um, so what is the significance? He doesn't know, which is very interesting. Zechariah doesn't have an answer. Be'emar, and I said, Ela Adoni, what are these? What are you showing me? elai and now the malach speaks. So now wait, is this the malach sitting on that first horse, Gabriel, or is it a second malach that appears? And there is considerable um, debate on this. And the Malach says to me, we're not sure which one, says, Mohe it's the second Malach. We'll tell him, what, what are these? What is it about? And he says, I will show you. And the horseback rider that is standing among the myrtles, Vayomer Ela Asher Shalach Hashem Lisalech I have been sent by the Kodeshvarhu to lead these horses and my riders throughout the length and breadth of the world. Hashem ben Hadasim and we traverse the whole world. We've traversed these empires that each horse is said to signify. Yoshevet And we found to our surprise, these empires are tranquil, they're peaceful, and they are peaceful in contrast to the tremendous death and destruction in the land of Israel. And that's the purpose is to draw the conquest, or the contrast rather, how they are living in relative peace, these great evil empires, and Israel is suffering uh, tremendously. Yan Malach Hashem, and the Malach of Hashem, again, we're not sure, the Malach on the horse, or the Malach standing by Zechariah. Vayan Hashem says, Ad Masai Atah Lo How long, Kaddish Baruch are you going to lack compassion? On Jerusalem, Yehuda, and the cities of Judea, Asher Amtoze Shivim Shana. It is seventy years that they have had your anger, your caste, your fury. Vayan Hashem es Kaddish who answers the Malach HaDover, who spoke. Ki tovim divrei hem nuchamim. There are going to be, he answers him with wonderful words, with wonderful words of consolation in the Vayomer Eli haMalach HaDover, the speaking angel, answers me. "Krolemor, proclaim as follows. Koamar Hashem oh, yes, I have been jealous, even vengeful, on Yerushalayim, Kino a great vengeance, a great jealousy, the al hagoyim and now I have tremendous anger on these empires that you have described as being resting in tranquillity this is a Torah-wide uh, concept that, yes, I commanded them, I, amikatsafti. I used them for my anger against you. Um, you saw in Brishabain Absarim that he describes that they will go down to Egypt and the Egyptians will persecute them. So then we see these other things that Bavel, Asher, were instruments of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, punishing his people. But then the question is, so why are they being punished? They're being punished because they went far beyond what was their original mandate. Asher ani ma'at, the heima They exceeded the mandate as it was, inflicting everything beyond what I had intended for. This, of course, will raise a question of Bechira Chavshet that does not, the Kaddish Baruch Able to foretell that they will exceed that, and that is the subject of debate that had been best postponed for later. Lachain, therefore, I will return to Jerusalem in compassion, in mercy. <clears throat> My house will be built there, the cove ye not tell Yerushalayim I will draw a line across Yerushalayim Kav as it is written is what we would call in architecture or construction a plumb line where you measure a straight line I will measure the borders and they will be the expanded borders of Yerushalayim and the city. Od Krolemar Koamar Hashem and again I will proclaim, O I will expand They will burst out of their boundaries. Hashem Sion, Uvachar Od I will take to me again Sion, and choose again for my own the city of Yerushalayim. And so we end the first vision of Zechariah mysterious, arcane, cryptic, but at least with an ending that promises Nechama, that promises a return to Beis Yisrael and to the building of the Beis Hamikdash. Tomorrow we continue with Zechariah, Perak Beis, 8.45 a.m. You will not want to miss it. Be there, Khan.